Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another edition of Jake's Takes, episode 16. And today we got a very special episode. I got my guy Drew Comer coming back at us with, in our episode 16, we're doing our NBA playoff preview. And this was a crazy episode. Whenever I get Drew on, we really talk for a long time. And it was an awesome podcast. It was so awesome, in fact, that right now my voice is almost pretty much gone. It's broken because we talk so long. I'm dealing with some allergies, which kind of is killing the voice. So you'll hear hear it like this a little bit in part two. But don't worry about that. This is a two-part podcast. This part, we're going to be looking at the play-in. I'll be explaining how the play-in works, and we'll talk about each playing game a little bit and how it's affecting the playoffs and how we like it. And then we'll talk about each Western Conference first-round game. We really get into each one very in-depthly. So it's a very good podcast here. And please tune into this one because Drew really knows what he's talking about. And we really dug deep into these games. So if you're very interested in the playoffs, this is the podcast for you, 100%. So... This is going to start episode 16, and without further ado, I'm going to cue the music. All right, welcome back into the show, and this is episode 16 for you guys. And I am so happy to be joined again by my guy, Drew Comer. We are back. It is playoff time. Yes, I told you guys we'd be back for the playoffs. And wow, I can't believe it's here. I mean, flat out unbelievable. Drew, the excitement is through the air. How are you feeling, man? It it feels like we just did the trade deadline one like two weeks ago. But it's it's been it's been a while now. And now we got the playoffs to look forward to. And the finals coming up and here in like a month, about a month. So I know got a long, got a long journey here. It's going to be a grind, but it's going to be fun. Dude, to watch. I'm so excited. I am so excited. Like I know. just the playoffs just bring so much excitement for me. First, you get March Madness, which is just a treat. Unbelievable. And then like shortly after you get the Masters, which I love the Masters. Great golf, you oh, know, yeah. and then you get the NBA playoffs next week. It's great. It's great. And don't forget about yeah, baseball. All right. I, I won't forget too much, too. but right now I'm in NBA playoff. <laughs> mode, man. I'm, I'm in the playoff yes. mode. I'm not going to yeah. rip on you and Marty right now, but I'm in NBA playoff mode. <laughs> so before we get into the playoff series, the NBA added a new format a few years ago, NBA playing. So we got to talk about that first for the audience that doesn't know, because it is new, the plan is basically a way to get the nine and 10 into the playoff. So how it works, because I get questions about this all the time. Like the average fan just doesn't really know how it works. So the seven and eight seeds will play each other for the seven seed. And whoever wins that game gets the seven seed flat out. But let's say the seven seed wins and the eight seed loses. The eight seed's not out. They wait for what happens for the nine and 10 game. And in the nine and 10 game, whoever wins that can play the eight seed. Whoever loses that is done. Okay, so let's say the nine beats the ten. The nine's playing the eight in the game for the eight seed, and then whoever wins that is the eight seed. That's how it works. It's really interesting. It just brings a lot of fire before the playoffs. Drew, what do you think of the new format? Do you like it? I, you know what, I do. It's it's brought you know a new aspect to the game. Um, we're seeing college football talk about it, bringing more teams, expanding, um, and they've brought it up in other sports too. So I think the NBA really is one of the the first teams, at least recently, to, you know, incorporate this into the game. Um, there is the downside. We saw it in, in the Mavs game, um, who was contending for a playoff spot. They struggled down the stretch, and we might get to that at some point. Maybe not. But they struggled down the stretch, and they didn't make it, and now they have a lottery pick because those 16 teams that are fighting for the the playoffs – is it 16? Yeah, or yeah, 15, 16. 15. 15, 15. Um, so, you know what? I like it. You give teams more of a chance to compete um, to get that last eight seed and seven seed. Um, and it's like 
it gives more of a reason to fight during the regular season rather than just kind of giving up as, as a 10 seed because you see 10 seeds can still make the playoffs. I don't know if we've seen it yet. You know more than I do in the history um, of this of the uh, play-in games, but um, I think it'd be fun to see a 10 seed make it. Honestly. Yeah, no, but, I agree with you 100%. What we've seen, <laughs> and we'll get to it in a little bit, but – it's only been two years of playing. It's just been some excitement. It just brings teams into the fold because now you're not necessarily going to want to tank because the odds now for the lottery, at least, in the top three, they're all the same. You get a 14% chance at the first pick. So there's no need to become really bad. And some teams that think, oh, if we can just sneak into the play-in, we might make some noise and do something. Like if you're looking at it from a Dallas Mavericks perspective, they're better than the Minnesota Timberwolves. If they were able to right. be in that 9-10 game and win that game, the Pelicans looked like they were a team that could have been beaten, and the Thunder probably could have been beaten as well if the Mavs would have to made it, make it. The Timberwolves could be beaten too. Like, look at what's going on with Gobert and um, all that, and the McDaniel situation. Right, they kind of collapsed. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So and, it's and you know what? I Yeah, and you know what? Just to touch on the Mavs one more time, I think a lot of fans were very confused by it. I was confused by it. Um, and they actually just got fined today, $750,000. Yeah, that's um, like a slap on the that. cheek. Not so, much there. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's Mark Cuban. He can afford it. But anyways, yeah. So, you know, overall, I think it's good. I think it – I like the – you know, being an athlete, and I know you can attest to this, you compete no matter what, right? And so – even if you're the Pistons who are the worst team in the league, you know, maybe next year they can fight and try and get that, that 15th spot right in the cut in. And, you know, so it's just, it's all about competing. And, and I like that. So, yeah, no, I mean, overall it's good for the league 100%, but let's get into yeah. some of the games. Okay. So the first game we had was Tuesday night and I had gotten home from my golf job and was like, I need to get this game on. So it was Hawks heat. Okay. And going into the game, the Heat were, I think, a five-and-a-half favorite off the top of my head. I'm not sure if that's exactly right, but it was somewhere around there. And the Heat seemed, at the beginning, to be starting out slow. Like, Trey Young really got going, and DeJounte Murray looked really good. What did you see out of this Heat-Hawks game that surprised you? Um, I'm looking at the box score right now, and we've seen Jimmy Butler do great things in the playoffs and he really struggled shooting wise he was six for 19 um 21 points which is good and he played a lot of minutes he always gets a boatload of minutes but i think just when it comes time for playoffs we've seen jimmy butler take the heat to the to the finals when they weren't even you know supposed to make it at all and do great things i think they just need and they play tonight um i think it, it's six thirty here local time about um and they play in about half an hour but we need to see um, Jimmy Butler be that Jimmy Butler from from a few years ago. I think that was in the um, that was in the bubble, wasn't yep, it? Yep, that bubble championship. Yeah, yeah. So you know that's the biggest takeaway for me. Trey Young did his thing. We've been giving Trey Young crap all year for you know the the trade, and there's going to be a lot of stuff going on in the off season. But I think he's zoned in right now, um, and he had a he had a good Trey Young game, and, and Dejounte Murray, and. Um, so, in Trey, I'm looking again at the box score. He shot one for eight from three, but you know that's he, he. It's good for him to keep taking shots, especially you know winning this game now that he can go into the next game um, and kind of figure out that shot going in. So, but um, overall, you know they they won by eleven, and I think that. Um, the Heat game tonight is going to be very important, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Yeah, no, going over the game a little bit, it was really rebounding that was the story in this game. The Hawks came in and just totally obliterated them on the glass, which is what the Heat were nervous about in this game because in their game in the regular season, the Hawks completely controlled the paint, scoring inside whenever they wanted to, and Miami struggled with their bigs. They brought in Kevin Love midway through the season in that um, buyout, but... Overall, it's just been Bam, really, that they've had. And he only had nine rebounds in this game, 12 points, didn't really shoot that well. But Clint Capello was on another level. This man had four points, but 21 rebounds. He was flat-out monster, just incredible in this game. And their offensive rebounding was just sensational throughout the whole game. It seemed like 
every chance they got, they got a second opportunity, and it was just tough to stop. You know, it's really tough to stop mm-hmm. when a team can put up over 20 more shots than you. It's just difficult. Right. And that's what Miami struggled with basically all year. So a lot of people were looking at Miami as a team that could be scary in the Eastern Conference, as a team that could, like, jump up. But that's just because of Jimmy Butler and his past performances. But this team isn't a team to be to be yeah. fright, frightened with. Like, they showed you in yeah. this game and, who they are. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I'm looking at this box score again, and there's someone that I miss on the bench, another veteran, um, Kyle Lowry, 11 for 16, 33 He was points. fantastic. You know what? Yeah, and he's – you know, it's Kyle Lowry. He's, he's a veteran now, and he's got some experience. He had experience with that Raptors team um, that went all the way. And so I think that's another thing is now you have these two guys, Kyle Lowry's coming off the bench, um, which is going to be a big thing tonight for him to kind of have a similar performance. And this is it. If it's a winner go home situation. So, you know, I, I'm rooting for the, or the, um, sorry, I'm rooting for the, um, the heat because I, you know, that run that they had a few years ago in the bubble was one of my favorite things to watch. Um, and I just, I'm rooting for them. And, and so, We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, we'll see for sure. I'm really hoping that he can sneak out. Let's get to the next game that night. It was T-Wolves and Lakers, and this one was a thriller, flat-out thriller. Um, You know, really interesting game. We weren't sure. I think going into the game, a lot of people were like, the Lakers might blow them out by 30. The Lakers have been playing out of their mind ever since the trade. Getting Jared Vanderbilt, we talked about on the podcast we called that actually we were all in on that Jared Vanderbilt would be the story of this trade and he has been he's been flat out ridiculous for them but he didn't have the best game tonight he struggled a little bit scoring and really the story of this game was LeBron he had 30 points 10 rebounds 6 assists Anthony Davis was also a monster 24 points 15 rebounds talk about what you saw from the Lakers and the Timberwolves in this game yeah so this one I don't know um if anyone that's listening stayed up to watch the whole thing, it went very late. So I actually couldn't watch the whole thing, but um, I'm, I'm looking at the score right now, 108, 102. And you usually never see games nowadays that go into overtime. So this was, you know, this was a defensive battle. These teams are going at each other. We've seen problems with the Timberwolves towards the end of the season with Rudy Gobert. Um, And so I really think that I'm impressed with the Timberwolves even hanging in there because you saw, you know, you we've seen it before. When things happen with teams, you know, they can collapse and they can fall apart. Um, so, you know, I respect that battle that they kept, especially with the Lakers, um, who have experienced guys. LeBron, I mean, this guy has won six rings, and we don't talk about – I mean, he could go and – he could go make another push in this playoffs, right? There's Unbelievable now. what he's doing right so, now. So, yeah, so honestly, you know, give credit to the Lakers. Um, they pulled out. They won. Um, but looking at the Timberwolves, I, I'm honestly impressed that they hung in that far. So, um, you know, that's, yeah. And then Cat did his thing, 8 for 12, 24 points, 11 rebounds. And then um, Mike Conley, 7 for 11, 23 points. And um, so those were those are two more veterans. Cat's a little bit younger. Mike Conley's been around for a while. He's with the Jazz for a while um, in that playoff run. Again, the same year with Donovan Mitchell. And we saw both of them. And honestly, um, I'm a big Mike Conley fan. And I was, I don't he know if big remembers, free throws down the stretch. That, big free he, throws. Yeah. He missed that game-winning three, though, in, in that. Yeah, um, but I'm going to give him was, credit for those free seven. throws. Like, um, getting yeah. fouled near the end of the game, Anthony Davis, kind of a stupid contest. He won the game. The game's kind of over. And then he fouls him. Conley goes in, hits those three free throws, keeps them alive. But if you're looking at the Timberwolves, at least in my perspective, you're kind of kicking yourself because Anthony Edwards played one of the worst games in his life, and he didn't look like Anthony Edwards. He had nine points, eight rebounds, five five assists. He shot 17% from the field. He just wasn't Anthony Edwards, right? And the fact that you were winning in this game going in with five minutes left, and then you don't score for a long time, I think going from the five-minute mark, there are only points for Mike Conley's three free throws near the end of the game. Like, it was just flat-out bad near the end. So if I was the T-Wolves, I'd be kicking myself a little bit. And now you got a tough test. you got the Thunder coming up, who are very scary. They're young. They're hungry to get back into the playoffs. And 
I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, I like what you're saying, giving them credit. They didn't have Gobert. A lot of people didn't have them standing a chance. But they got to be kicking themselves for not closing the door. What do you think? Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, you know, going into overtime, guys are tired, you know, especially guys that are like like Edwards and um, Mike Conley and Cat. Their whole starting lineup was 40-plus minutes. Um, and that's a lot to, to get out of your players. And, um, you know, we only – looking at the, the Lakers, there's only two guys with over 40 minutes. So, you know, you have – it shows the depth on the teams. Um, if you can go to your bench and get good minutes out of out of your bench guys, that allows for those starters to come back fresh and compete at a higher level. Whereas you see um, Edwards, who, like you were saying, had a terrible shooting night, 3 for 17 um, oh, for nine from three. Yeah, it was rough. Dude. And so he, yeah, so that that plays a factor too. Um, having the they, they had four guys come off the bench, um, and only one of them was over twenty minutes. So I think that fatigue definitely played a role as well. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're the Timberwolves, <laughs> I just feel like you're kicking yourself. This was your chance, you know, to get a good good win here. The Lakers didn't play their best game. The thing is, like, I mentioned LeBron's stats at the top. It's 30 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. He was not there defensively. The guy was taking plays off a lot. And, like, even though LeBron is playing at an elite level and will probably end up on the All-NBA third team, fantastic season and a stacked year for All-NBA teams, um, he's just not the same guy defensively. He can't be there every step of the way. So, really... What he's going to rely upon is Anthony Davis every night, and this guy's been fantastic for them. So if I'm the Lakers going in, it's a big win, but it's a little scary because you should have really done what you're supposed to do. And if I'm the Grizzlies, I'm like, ooh, maybe there's some blood. You know, maybe we can take them because a lot of people are picking the Lakers in that, and we'll get into that later. But, you know, it's going to be yeah, interesting. Right. Yep, and then looking at they, uh, this is another game tonight, the Thunder Timberwolves. Um, Minnesota's favored five and a half. Um, and so we'll kind of see because, like you said, uh, Miami, I think, was favored in that first yep. game. So you see these, but the playoffs is a completely different atmosphere. And we saw it with March Madness. We've seen it with playoffs in every single sport. It doesn't matter who a favorite is. Um, you know, it, it's about competing. It's about who's going to step up when it matters and so we just we need to see that from guys like Anthony Edwards and we just didn't so we'll see what happens tonight. yeah though. no I'm excited for tonight's games <laughs> we won't get into the other ones too much what you need to know really is that the Thunder snuck out against the Pelicans in a thriller of a game that was unbelievable Thunder young hungry team a lot of people didn't expect them to be anywhere um they are going to be playing the T-Wolves tonight I believe it's 9 30 eastern time I'm not positive are we on different time zones at Purdue no, no we're, same, same, same time. okay, good. Yeah, I wasn't good. sure. I wasn't yeah. sure. I had to make sure. <laughs> but um, and then the other game tonight will be Heat and Bulls, and that one will be really good too. The Bulls snuck out yep, against that's... Toronto in a really tight game. Toronto just couldn't hit free yeah. throws, save their life, man. It was tough. Yep, and that's a that's a Jimmy Butler revenge game in a in a way. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah, there, no, but. I'm excited for those games for sure. And that will really determine the one eights, but let's get into the playoffs. Okay, we gotta we're gonna start in the Western Conference and kinda dive deep into each series. We we went pretty long on the play in, so this might be a long pod, but why not, man? It's yeah. it's playoff preview, right? <laughs> All right, let's get to it. So the first series, why don't we start we started talking about the Lakers a little bit, so we'll take a little break. We're going to go Kings-Warriors to start, okay? So this one is going to, this is actually going to be the first playoff game. I believe they start Saturday. Let me check that out real quick. Oh, there's a lot of games Saturday. We got Brooklyn-Philly at 1, Atlanta-Boston at 3.30, New York-Cleveland at 6, and then Golden State and Sacramento at 8.30. So this would be the first Western Conference tip. So let's start with that one, okay? So we got Golden State, Sacramento. What are your thoughts just looking at these two teams and how they match up? Yeah, so I think this is – I personally, I think this is the um, the most popular upset that people have just because of what we've seen the Warriors do in the playoffs. But I'm not going to give up on the – I'm not going to give up on the Kings. You know, you see their top guys, De'Aaron Fox, and they're young, but they have Sabonis now. Um, they have shooters around, 
and and they've just proven themselves all year. I think they were I, I can't remember this off the top of my head, but I think they were favored to come in last place. Um, in yeah, their, their over division. under was around thirty seven and a half wins, and they ended up let's see around fifty or not fifty. It was forty eight wins, I believe. Uh, forty eight wins, yeah. So they were flat out incredible. Yeah. But continue. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that a lot of people are just going to kind of put them to the side just because of what we've seen from the Warriors. But looking at the Warriors this year, you know, we've seen times where they just don't look like a team. We've seen times where, you know, you've had guys banged up and, you know, you don't – and we've seen Klay Thompson step up lately, but you've had guys get banged up. You have guys, you know, fighting for minutes. We've seen trades. We've seen this and that. But the Warriors are a good team. But I think that it's going to be a lot closer of a series than people think, um, being a 6-3. And, um, you know, I think that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson are those guys with Draymond Green. They've won how many rings? Three? Yeah. Four. 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 Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So so we've seen them. Um, they're the reigning champs. They won last year. And I think that they're they're definitely going to be – um, the Kings are definitely going to be overlooked because of that, but I think it's going to be a really good series. I have the Kings winning, actually. Ooh, okay, um, okay, yeah, I like that. I have, I, I have the Kings winning. I have them winning in six, six games. Wow. So I, yes, yeah. Okay, okay. So that's that's how much I that's how much faith I have in the Kings, and I think they've been coached very well. So yeah, Mike Brown, he just won I'm, uh, I'm, Coach of the Year amongst his peers. So yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah. And so I'm I'm on the Kings bandwagon um, here in the West, so especially in this game. But yeah. Okay. All right. So that is really interesting. Okay. Let, yep. All right. So Golden State, Sacramento, to me, these guys, two of the best offenses in basketball, 100. percent The Kings are up there right now. Statistically, they have the best offensive rating in NBA history. That doesn't really matter because every year we've had the past team that's had the top offensive rating be the best in NBA history because scoring is at a different level right now. So it's a very good offense, but if you ask me who's a better offense, the 2017 Warriors or the 2023 Kings, I say the 2017 Warriors easy with Kevin Durant, 100%. I'm not taking anything away from them. Flat out incredible offense, but I'm just putting that stat in perspective for you. So talking about these two teams, the Kings run a really fast offense, really good motion offense. I love them. I love their offense, and I've been a fan of them all year. Defensively, they struggle a little bit. Mike Brown's a very good defensive coach. He was the basically the defensive coordinator for Golden State forever. He ran their defense. He figured out where to put people in the right spots. So he knows Golden State very well, and I think that's going to help him in the series, which that's why I kind of like the Kings game one in this. I think Mike Brown's going to put people in spots to really help. But the story of this series to me is going to be Andrew Wiggins' health. Wiggins has been dealing with a lot of injuries throughout the whole year, and he's been coming along nice and slowly, and he's back now. But what's going to happen is he's going to be on a minutes restriction. I think he's only going to play 25 minutes in the first game, and then they'll ramp him up from there. What I think is going to happen is the Kings are going to win game one with a ruckus crowd, and then Clay Thompson is going to have an incredible game too. And then Golden State's going to roll. That's what I think is going to happen. Because I think the Kings just have nobody that can stop Steph Curry. And on the defensive end, Draymond Green has had an unbelievable defensive season. He should be up there near the Defensive Player of the Year um, award like players. I think Jaron Jackson and um, Evan Mobley should be probably the top two. But other than that, I would look at Draymond Green 100%. He's had an incredible defensive year because Golden State doesn't really have the defense. And now Gary Payton II has been playing a lot. He's really helped their defensive identity grow. It's kind of back to where it was. Dante DiVincenzo is playing a lot better than he did earlier in the season. Golden State's pieces have been coming along. Klay Thompson just hit 300 threes this year for the first time in his career. I just think Golden State has found something in the past few few regular season games and if they can ramp up Andrew Wiggins I see them climbing out of here in six that's my take there do you do you have anything that you disagree with and what I'm saying yeah well so you talk about um guys not being able to guard Steph Curry I can look at it somewhat in the other um direction where you have 
guys in the Warriors. Klay Thompson's come off multiple surgeries. Steph Curry's he's he's figured out his defense a little bit over his career, but he's also been a liability at points. And Draymond Green, love Draymond Green. He's a Spartan grad, um, great defensive player. But I just don't think that one person and and Gary Payton. We talked about at the trade deadline how he's going to be a playmaker on defense too. Um, when he got healthy, and he's healthy now, and he's been good. But I think looking at the guards um, that Sacramento has, the speed of De'Aaron Fox is just incredible. They're they're a fast-paced offense, and De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox works fast. And Sabonis, great player. They work through him. He's a great big. He can pass. He can shoot. He can rebound. He can do everything. Um, so I think you can look at it both ways. Obviously, both teams, great offenses, both teams at points have been liabilities on defense. So it's kind of just going to be an offensive battle all series. Um, and it's it's experience versus, you know, the, like you said, the top offense in history, right? So it's it's more of an experienced offense. Guys who Take have been that with a grain of salt, though. Take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. All right. I will. But um, but you, you have experience with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond versus young guys and guys who haven't been – um, in this spot before, I think Harrison Barnes is Harrison has Barnes been has been well. playing a little bit, um, and that'll be a and, big veteran and, piece. Yeah, and so he was on the Warriors. Um, I think for one of the for a few of their runs, one or two. Yeah. Um, and so he's also been in the big stage with that team. Um, so even if he's not getting the minutes that Sabonis and Fox and Kevin Herter are, um, I think that he can be that that um veteran mind on the on the bench um or when he's getting in on the court too so yeah i mean i like what you're saying like this is a difficult series um i'm just relying on the guys that we've seen for a long time the kings we just haven't seen these guys in the situation De'Aaron fox i'm gonna give him a lot of credit he should be all nba second team or third team he's been flat out incredible <laughs> sabonis should be considered for that third team 100 percent. but if golden state wants to they can adjust in this series and take people pick and roll and just get switches off DeMontis Sabonis. Because Sabonis, he's a fantastic offensive player, but he's not there defensively. He's kind of similar to Jokic in that sense where they can really take advantage of that. And we saw what Golden State did to Jokic and the Nuggets last year. They flat out torched him. And it was always switches off the pick and roll and making Jokic look silly. And that's what I think they can do with the Kings if they're able to adjust. I can see the Kings coming off with a bang and really getting that arena going. They have they have some of the best fans in basketball, 100%. And well, yeah. I just think I'm relying more on the fact that Golden State has some defensive weapons that they can tap into, whereas the Kings, not so much. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely going to be a good series. Um, this is one of the times that you and I have – Differing views, other than the Jokic and Beat argument we've been having for years. Long time, um, long time. Oh yeah, and the backstory on that, and this is my year, just so you know, because Embiid's yep. going to win. Yep, MVP. it's your year. I had the last two, but, but it's yeah. all you. I gave yeah. Embiid his so, props yeah. on uh, his props on my last NBA for dummies. He's flat out had an incredible year, and we'll get to him soon. So yeah. don't worry about yeah. that. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Let's get to we're gonna go Suns Clippers here. So Suns. Clippers. This one is going to be very exciting. Um, I believe they're going to tip off. Let me check real quick. I believe it's on Sunday. Yep, they're going to be 8 o'clock Sunday. Uh, They're paired with the Lakers and Grizzlies on Sunday. Lakers-Grizzlies is 3 o'clock. So it's going to be really exciting, those two series. We're going to talk Clippers-Suns. And I'm excited for this one. A lot of interesting matchups to go over. Kawhi Leonard versus Kevin Durant is probably the main matchup we're looking at. And the question of this series will be, will Paul George come back in this series? That's going to be a huge question. Tell me what you're seeing in this series, some matchups, and kind of similar stuff that we've been talking about. Yeah, so I think that we've seen the Clippers. Um, They've been a solid team all year. I think um, with PG out, it's going to be tough, especially seeing PG grow over the years in terms of postseason success. Um, He had a lot of criticism early on um, in his postseason career. But he's really kind of developed, I think. And Kawhi Leonard, obviously a great veteran. He's he's taking the Raptors far. He's taking the Spurs far. Um, and, and so he's going to hope to do the same thing with the Clippers here. Yeah. 
Um, and he's getting older. We talked about it at the deadline. It's like kind of like now or never for the Clippers, right? So they have something to fight for. Um, but looking on the other end, I'm a huge Suns guy. Um, I think they have too many guys. I think they have, I mean, you. there's four stars. You think there's three. I think there's four. Um, you got Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and obviously the two headlines in Booker and, and Durant. Um, and then even Torrey Craig has been a solid piece. And they, they've seen guys come off the bench that have been solid pieces, right? So I think that there's a lot of guys. You can throw Kawhi on KD if you want. What's that going to do? Now you got Booker and and Chris Paul and Aiden doing their thing. It doesn't matter because I think there's too much offensive firepower and on the on the Suns, and I think it's just going to be hard for the Clippers to overcome. So that's my take. Yeah, no. I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you in this series. So like this one's this one's tough because you want to see the Clippers at full strength, and right now they're not at full strength. Without yeah. Paul George, it really hurts, and they're gonna need Russell Westbrook to step up. And I'm gonna and I gave him credit on the last podcast. He has been stepping up. He's been playing a lot better. This still isn't a great matchup for him. Um, the Suns defensively can be on and off. But I still don't love this matchup. Like Chris Paul, he'll put him put Russ in situations that he doesn't love because Chris Paul's still that smart player. You can take advantage a little bit of Chris Paul off of screen and roll, some switches and stuff. I think Kawhi will do a fantastic job of doing that. And Kawhi is going to be awesome in this series. It's going to be a very difficult series to get out of. I got the Suns in six games, in my opinion. I just think Kevin Durant's going to be too mm-hmm. much. He's been playing at a crazy efficient level. And this is all if the Suns can stay healthy. Like, we've seen KD. He's only played seven games with this team. The funny thing is, they're 7-0. and They're just insane with him on the floor. So, yep. and you also yep. throw in Devin Booker, who's been fantastic this year. Close to 30 points average. He's incredible, too. I don't know if the Clippers have enough offense to stay in gear with them. They have the defense that can slow them down a little bit. But I just don't know if Kawhi will be enough. Like, without Paul George, I just don't think they have enough offense to help. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I have I have the Suns in five, um, which is one less game than you. But I think that we talked about Kawhi at the trade deadline. Um, we talked about the Clippers a lot at the trade deadline. And this is a team where, you know, you have Kawhi. He's going to be the off- offensive guy for this team, right? We, ha- we see Norman Powell come off the bench. And, and he's a great piece. He might even be thrown in that starting lineup with PG out, depending on, you know, what what they want to, you know, go matchup-wise. But I think that with Kawhi being such of an offensive burden for the Suns' defense, I think that you throw him, um, and he's kind of that leader of that group offensively and defensively. But I think there's too much um, to ask for out of Kawhi that you see guys coming down KD doesn't have as much of a, a role defensively um, as Kawhi would. So you can see KD come down the court or Devin Booker come down the court and not be as fatigued. And I think, again, fatigue is a big thing because you see guys playing more minutes um, in the postseason than in the regular season, especially with Kawhi being managed a lot. Yeah, no, too. adding on so. to your point, like the Suns just have a lot of wing guys that they could like throw at Kawhi. They have... Torrey Craig, who we love, we talked about him a lot at the deadline, how important he will be. TJ Warren's a guy you can throw on him for a few minutes and can actually do some stuff. And a guy I love that really had a big impact in the game I watched uh, against Dallas. It was near the near the trade deadline, but uh, it's Ish Wainwright. He is fantastic. This guy came uh, from Baylor. He actually played football and basketball at Baylor. And he's just flat-out incredible wing that they got. He can really just... The big body really is physical with a lot of guys, and he can shoot too. Like he's he's a tough guy to bring off the bench, and if he's rolling, he would be a great piece to throw out Kawhi. I think his strength might bother him a little bit. It's hard to bother Kawhi because he's just flat out incredible. But you know, I just think the Suns can throw a lot of pieces at him, and you got Booker and Chris Paul, and Chris Paul's just so smart and can put people in the right positions, and. This might be a big series for DeAndre Aiden because I don't know I don't know how much the Clippers bigs can stay with him. So I'm I'm excited. Right. It yeah. will be I think it'll be a good yeah. series. I think Kawhi is going to keep it close, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think they sneak one game, but I think I think the Suns are going to dominate. Okay, all right, for um, sure. Yeah. All right, so let's get to Grizzlies Lakers. We'll go back to the playing teams we talked about a little bit. We talked about the Lakers a lot. 
Talk to me about the Grizzlies before you get into kind of the matchups. I just want to hear a little bit about your takes with the Grizzlies. Yeah, so I have the I actually have the Grizzlies coming out of this series in six games. Um, and like you were saying, there's a lot of people looking at the Lakers, and, and that's another upset that people are going to be supportive of. But um, I just think the Lakers – we talked about Jaron Jackson. He's in the running for Depoy, um, and, and he's just a monster even if he's not doing a lot on offense. His defensive presence, especially on a team where you see a lot of guys play inside, you see AD, he's not outside on the three-point line shooting a lot of threes, right? He's inside, he's mid-range, and he's post. And you see LeBron, and who is more of a, a scorer, um, he also likes to come inside. And I think just Jaron Jackson, if he can stay out of foul trouble, I think that he's just him even being there. He's got long arms, and he's just such a great defensive player. But um, looking at Ja, you know, we've seen Ja, another guy that has had some issues, you know, go, happen in the season um, where he got suspended for a little bit. But it's still Ja Morant. He's, he's going to come out, and we we saw him do it in college, you know, with Murray State. Um, we saw him do it in, in March Madness. He, he took his game, and they I think they might have had an upset. Yeah, they I had an upset. Remember. I think ago. it was Florida State that they <clears> – <throat> Florida State was a team they lost to. They beat yeah. Marquette. Marquette. Yeah. So so we've seen him on that big stage and this is it. Like there are two seed, right? You're gonna expect a lot out of out of this two seed. Um and then you have other guys around them too. I know Brandon Clark's been he's been solid. Um and I, this is another team where if you can stay healthy, you know, you can make a run. Um and so this it's gonna be like kind of similar to that Warriors King series where you have guys with experience versus guys who are younger. Um, and a little more inexperienced, but, you know, we see them at a higher seed and who have played at a higher level all year. So I, you know, I can compare it a little bit. Um, I think these two teams are definitely better defensively than the other series. Um, but overall, I like the Grizzlies in this series over the Lakers um, just because they've proven themselves this year. They have a lot of pieces and we've seen Desmond Bain do great things. Um, so I think they're, they're more of a complete team and they can work and they have, you know, that chemistry there that we don't see as much on the Lakers just because they're trading and signing guys each and every year. Um, and obviously you have those two big names in LeBron and AD. But other than that, you haven't seen really a Lakers team come into the playoffs with the same roster, you know, as the year before. So that'll be interesting too. All right. All right. I like that take. I like that take, but I'm going to flip flop in the other direction. And I'm going to go Lakers. This is going to be a grinded out series. Okay. Grizzlies and Lakers. This is going to be a fantastic series. I got this going seven games and I got the Lakers. And here's why. How the how they've been playing since the trade deadline is flat out incredible. Their defensive rating went from 27th in the NBA to second in the NBA with Jared Vanderbilt. Our, my guy. We talked about him a lot. You were very high on him too. But he was more my guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna claim him a little bit. Uh, I love him. Okay, I watched the Dallas game. I talked about an NBA for dummies. He was just flat out incredible in this game. He came in, guarded Luka Doncic full court, made it uncomfortable for him. He had seven steals in the game. He had nine offensive rebounds, and he had seven assists. This guy can do everything. He's a connector on the floor. He struggles a little bit with shooting, which can be a liability on the offensive end. That's probably the only knock you could put on him. But he's an all-defensive player. Probably, if you're picking a top five on defensive players, you would pick him in the top five. He's that good. He's that talented. He can switch on anybody. And his shape is just flat-out incredible. I love him. Okay? That's just one guy. Okay, Austin Reeves has been playing unbelievable. If you're a Pistons fan, you should be wanting Austin Reeves in free agency. This guy is awesome. He plays great defense. He can switch, and he can shoot. Okay, He's a fantastic two that's been starting and playing really good minutes for the Lakers. And my headphone's coming out because I'm going so crazy. But I haven't even gotten to Anthony Davis yet, who's been playing out of his mind this year. He's back to the Anthony Davis level player that we've seen from him for a long time, okay? And the thing is, is he's not getting injured anymore. It was funny because I listened to Ryan Rosillo's podcast and Rosillo called him out for being injured all the time. And then he was like, I knew he was about to go off for the last 20 games because I said that. 
And it's the truth. Like, he's been playing great, and he hasn't been injured, and he's been just fantastic. He's an d- offensive force inside, and defensively, he swats balls out of the gym all the time. He's incredible. And then LeBron isn't LeBron. I'm going to say that 100%. He's not the LeBron that we know. But he's still a fantastic scorer. He's fi- more physical than everybody, and he still has the highest IQ in the game. And then... I mean, you could argue Jokic 100%, but he probably passing-wise is still top top three easy. And, like, LeBron's just flat-out incredible. And, like, their guys have been playing just great. Schroeder stepped up in big moments. You saw LeBron give him the pass, and he hit the three with one second left. Probably should have been the game winner, and then Anthony Davis makes an error. And you could argue the Lakers didn't look good last year, so why am I so high on them? It's because of every other game I've seen. They've just been playing at a different level. If you look at from the deadline where they were supposed to land to now, like it's incredible what they just put together. And they made the seventh seed. Both of us expected them to be in the play-in. I don't think we expected them to just be the seventh seed automatically. I think we expected them to be sneaking no. into the eighth seed barely. You know, they kind of put on a show to get to the seventh seed, which I thought was really impressive. And Talking about the Grizzlies, what I think will be huge in this series is the fact that the Grizzlies' front court depth is not there. They don't have Brandon Clark. He's dealing with injuries. They don't have Steven That's Adams, right. who's dealing with injuries as well. And they've been they blamed a lot of their losing skids on not having Steven Adams. So I do think this front court depth is going to hurt them a little bit. And who's guarding Anthony Davis? Jaron Jackson, okay, yeah, he's the defensive player of the year. That's a good matchup, right? What happens when he gets four fouls like every game? It's just the truth. He gets mm-hmm. in foul trouble a yeah. lot. And you were saying it too, if he can stay out of foul trouble, it's big, right? But I'm just not sure if he can do that because he's, that's the, his style of play. That's why he's near the defensive player of the year. That's why he's incredible because he's so aggressive on that defensive end. I'm just a little nervous for those matchups. And if you get into game seven, you're playing against LeBron James. He's probably the best player of all time. I mean, you could argue yeah. with Michael Jordan. You could say whoever. I don't care. Whatever you want, say it. But LeBron is top two easily. So yeah. I say putting them in a game seven, I'm taking the Lakers. I just have to. Yeah. And this is this is kind of the – it's funny because this is kind of the year where the young guys have come out on top in the regular season and you see more – of teams filled with veterans like the Warriors and the Lakers coming out and as, as higher seeds. Um, and so I'm really putting a lot of my faith into these younger guys because they're younger, they're, they're more in shape, um, they're not as injury prone. We've seen, you know, Anthony Davis, he, he's still young, um, he's gonna, and he stayed healthy for the most part. Um, I know LeBron's been dealing with injuries over the years, and it's just about can this team can can LeBron and AD go out and play 38 39 minutes very true and very true. and and you know match up with John Moran who can go out and play 38 39 minutes and we've seen John Moran as a scorer and as a passer and you know that's kind of the the asterisk on the series is Jaron Jackson who's kind of like that x factor on defense for that team and, right because and like the, to the, add on the reason why like I like the Lakers is now they have an X factor too, which is Vanderbilt. You could put Vanderbilt in and have have him guard full court on Ja. The Grizzlies have an excellent X factor too. It's really going to be about who can be the more talented defender. But continue. Yeah, and so I think I just think that even if you throw Vanderbilt on on Morant or Bain, you know, there's two guys. Bain and Morant are both incredible players. Bain has been a great shooter. I think he shot around 40%. Yeah. I don't know the numbers. Yeah, no, but he's around 40%. He's been, he's been hovering around 40%. And then Ja, who hasn't been shooting as well, is just doing Ja things. He's doing he's doing what we saw in college. He's doing what we've seen early in his career. He's going to the basket. He gets fouled. He, he can sh- And you know what? He's He's not the greatest defensively. But they don't really need him to be because you have guys like Jaron Jackson in the paint. I know Steven Adams is hurt. I forgot that Brandon Clark was hurt. Um, and I was a big Brandon Clark fan um, ever since he really won the G League or the Summer League. MVP. Yeah, no, it'll be a big loss. Kind of on... but, I mean, I agree yeah. with you. Like, they can <clears throat> they have pieces that can help them, you know, get over the hump. That's why it's going to be such an exciting series, and that's why I'm not 
I'm not trying to knock them too much. They're an excellent team. Yeah. They're excellently coached. I love Taylor Jenkins, fantastic coach. I think he has the coaching advantage over Darvin Ham, which will help them get it to seven games. But the thing is, is it's LeBron in a seventh game. And I can't not pick LeBron in that situation. I think if I didn't think this was going seven, I would probably pick the Grizzlies, which is why I like your Grizzlies in six. But the fact that they just don't have two guys. Uh, I mean, Steven Adams could come back later. Brendan Carr could come back later. I'm not sure on the timetables for them. But the fact that they don't have two guys, and I'm looking at it in a whole series, I can see the Lakers sneaking three games. And to me, that's all they need. You know, Because if you get yeah. to that seventh game, I'm not betting against LeBron James. I'm just not. Yeah. So, you know, I think it'll be a good series. I think that if looking at the West, um, and we'll get to the last matchup here in a second, um, but I think in the West, these series, I think the Kings series and this Grizzly series are going to be the ones that I'm going to be most in tune with. Um, just because I've, I don't know the last time I watched a series where you have so much experience versus so much inexperience. It's very true. But, I'm taking the younger guys. I, I'm going with them. Um, they've proven themselves all year, and I'm excited to look back at this podcast when the playoffs are done and, and kind of go over you know, our picks because you and I usually don't disagree, but this is kind of – this is kind of going to be yeah, interesting. Yeah, it'll be really so. interesting. I'm excited that we got a little dif- difference in opinion. I think I'm just relying more on the veterans. I'm relying more on a Curry. I'm relying more on a LeBron James, you know. Um, and I see it with these teams. They're young. They're very talented. And they're going to put up a fight. And I'm really excited for these series 100%. So let's get to the last one. I, I can't believe we're this far in the podcast already. It's flat out incredible. But let's get to the last one. We got the Nuggets. They're going to play the winner of tonight's game, the Thunder and the Timberwolves. Okay? So talk to me about your opinion of the Nuggets. I know you're not the highest Jokic guy, but just talk to me about what you've seen from the Nuggets and how how they might match up with whoever the 8C, 8C may be. We'll talk more about the Nuggets in this scenario. Mm, yeah, so I'm not the... Again, like you said, I'm not the biggest um, Nuggets fan in the world or Jokic fan in the world, to be quite frank. But um, from what I've, the games that I've watched of them this year, they've really proven a lot to me. Um, you know, Jamal Murray came back a lot earlier than a lot of people expected with um, that torn ACL. Um, and then you got MPJ has been dealing with, with back injuries ever since the beginning of his career. But he's been, you know, offensively, he's been great. And... Aaron Gordon, um, they got Aaron Gordon. I can't remember if it was, I think it was yeah, last year. They got Aaron year, Gordon last year or, near the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Aaron Gordon's been another solid piece. And then we saw them make, we, we they weren't too active at the deadline. They had that Bones Highland trade um, was kind of, I can't remember off the top of my head of any other ones, but, um, you know, the, it's the Nuggets. I have them winning in four, regardless of who they play. Um, and that's not knocking on on the the Timberwolves or Thunder. I just don't think that either of those teams can overcome a Jokic who has won the MVP award the last two years. And like you said, IQ wise, um, he's right up there. I think with Chris Paul as a high IQ, and then like you were saying earlier um, with LeBron. And so we just see that offense work through Jokic, and he's got that little hook shot, that little just and he can just finish so well around the hoop. And then you have guys around him like Michael Porter Jr. who can shoot the three ball. Jamal Murray, we said I, – I said it on the Trade Deadline podcast, um, if you guys listen to it, but the, the way I see Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray after that series in the bubble a few years ago, whenever I think playoff Jamal or playoff Mitchell, it's like my mind instantly goes to that. So we're going we're gonna to see a Jamal Murray hopefully – that can kind of replicate what he did a few years ago um, going into those playoffs. And, you know, I love Jamal Murray. I, I'm not a big Jokic fan. I think later on once, you know, if they, if they, if these teams both end up winning the, the Suns and Nuggets, um, I think the Suns, I already have that pick. I think the Suns are going to win that series. But, um, yeah, I just, I just think that whoever, regardless of, of who, the Nuggets play, I just think they're going to come out on top. And I think it's going to be sweet regardless of who they play. So. Yeah, no, I I agree 100%. I'm, I'm going to do Nuggets in five. Just I'm going to give the, another team a game, uh, the Thunder or the Timberwolves. I think both those teams are talented enough to steal a game. 
I liked the Timberwolves before the year. I actually had them finishing sixth in the West. So, like, I think Anthony Edwards could have a game if if they win to get a game. But talking about the Nuggets, they're just... I mean, we've we've covered it a lot. They're just flat-out incredible. One of the best offenses in the game. Nikola Jokic is one of the most talented offensive players in NBA history, and it's not even a debate. He can pass. He can score in the post. He's He can score from any direction you want. He's flat-out incredible. I don't need to give him more praise than that. Like One of the best passers in the game. Just unbelievable. And then you look at Jamal Murray. I love what you're saying about playoff Jamal. I'm not sure if... We'll see it again. I want to see it with some crowd behind him. Maybe, you know, if he does it again, it'd be flat out incredible. You know, the bubble was weird. Like, I don't know. I I think it messed with a lot of people's shooting. People shot better in the bubble. Like, Dame was, Dame was incredible. Jamal was incredible. Mitchell was incredible. We've seen Mitchell succeed. We've seen Dame succeed. I want to see Murray succeed from that ACL injury, which was flat out killer. Like, would have loved to see him last year because that Nuggets team last year, Jokic just carried. But, I mean, getting to some of the other guys, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be big to watch out for. You got a lot of depth with that team. I'm just excited to see the Nuggets. It's going to be interesting, whoever they play, Thunder or Timberwolves, I think they could give them some fight. It's really going to be about Nikola Jokic has to play at the level that we've seen him all regular season. He can't take a step down. If he takes a step down, this team takes a step down. So it's gonna—it's a lot of pressure on Jokic. This might be the most pressure he's had going into the playoffs ever because this was the first time people were like, this guy might win three straight MVP. He's not going to win the MVP, but he might win three straight MVPs and not even come close to the NBA Finals. He made the conference finals in the bubble, but that's about it. Like, what? You know, why are we giving him three straight MVPs? So there's a lot of questions now on playoff success. So this is going to be a big test. And yes, you have the Suns and the Clippers waiting four and five. Those are two difficult matchups. But you got to show it, man. This is this is a lot of pressure on Jokic. To me, he's got to make the conference finals to show me that he's the real deal. And yes, that's getting through Kevin Durant. That's tough, you know. But it's a exactly. lot of pressure. We'll see it 100%. Yep. And, and you know what? Um, when you talked about that pressure that that gets put on guys. Um, and this is, we've talked about this over the years, the argument of, you know, Embiid and, and Jokic. I think both of those guys, and we'll get to the East in a little bit. I think both of those guys need to jump the hurdle and, and yes. just keep fighting to at least the conference finals. And we'd like to see one of them in the finals. Um, I don't know if it'll happen, but I just think in terms of the legacies of those guys and the amount of success that they've brought I think that one of those two guys needs to make the finals to kind of just prove themselves, prove that team. And, and I just don't know if either of them can. So we'll get to it though. 100%, 100%. All right. That is going to wrap up the West and our playing thoughts. That's actually going to wrap up part one of the podcast. We're going to do part two with the East and we'll get to our predictions as well. So that's going to wrap up Jake's takes for today. Please stay tuned for part two We'll have it come out probably Saturday morning will be part one, and then Saturday night will be part two. So really stay tuned for these. These are going to be some really in-depth, everything you need to know about the NBA playoffs to start. So we'll get to the East in a second. That's going to conclude part one, so we'll see you in part two. Peace.